listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84, where we will be discussing chapter four in Clockwork Prince, A Journey. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Oh, my gosh. So Amanda has a funny story to tell. Which which story? <laughs> Sunnyside Road Raging. Uh-huh. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Lincoln had a doctor's appointment on whatever day that was, and it was at 10 a.m., and I was just having an off day, just tired and whatever, and I just wasn't feeling 100%. So I start work at 9, but obviously I work from home. So Lincoln and I laid in my bed. Like, he comes into my room when he wakes up sometimes. We watch TV and cuddle or whatever. So he comes in and we're lounging around. And I'm like, all right, fine. It's like 845. We should probably get downstairs. So we go downstairs and I'm making us food. And I sit down to start working and I look at my phone because I get like a thing. And it says that his appointment is at 10. And it was like 910. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was not showered. We were just barely eating. Like, so anyway, I get us ready really fast. I get a shower. I get him fed. I get him, you know, in the car, whatever. And as I'm driving to the freaking place, there's this person from another state. So I know they're just confused. There's construction, whatever. But like, she's cutting me off several times. She's changing lanes into the intersection. She's like, she's just driving like an idiot. And she doesn't even look like she's like looking around or trying to do anything. She's just chilling, you know, and it was so annoying. So she finally gets into the left lane from all the way across, you know, she, of course she crosses over like four lanes to get to the left lane to turn to go to target, I assume. And so as I drive by her, of course I have to check her out. Cause that's just what you do. Right. You <laughs> have to see what they look like, how dumb they are. And as I'm looking at her, I'm like this bitch and she's not even looking at me and like, whatever. And so then I start, I look forward and I'm like, whatever. And I look up and I had run a red light. <laughs> While I was looking at her and I was so just, oh my gosh. I was, first of all, hopefully there's no cameras there because they're doing so much construction. Maybe they haven't put them back up yet. But regardless, like I was so, it's so terrible. Like anything could have happened. I have my kid in the car. I could have gotten T-boned. Like so freaking dangerous. Listen, I'm only laughing because no one got hurt. Right. Exactly. I'm, yeah. That's only why. I'm, but it's so fucking funny because how embarrassing like not for like like just for yourself in that moment like I've been there when you're like fuck I cannot believe I'm that person yep I can't and so I was very lucky so I went two lights up and the cars behind me went not long after the ones that actually stopped at the light Um, (laughs) and so luckily I was going straight and so I get into the the other lane because there's enough cars on the right lane that the people that pull up won't see my face. Uh-huh. <laughs> the people that just watch that happen yep. won't know what I look like. You had to protect yourself from the thing that you yeah. were doing to the other chick. Exactly. <laughs> Full circle oh, moment. So embarrassing. <laughs> I was just so flustered. And then this bitch was doing that. And I was just like, oh, my God. I, I literally said out loud to Lincoln. I was like, I need to get it together. Like, <laughs> we're all over the place. He's back there like, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. My <sighs> my youngest had his first road rage moment today too. Wait. So, it was just it's perfect. I said my youngest had his first road rage moment. Oh god. Today also. <laughs> same 
literally same intersection, same area. It's crazy. I had to do a Target pickup because, you know, I didn't want to, like, go into the store. Right. And the intersection there is just insane. There's a Chick-fil-A. And people here feel like they've never eaten chicken before or something. (laughs) The line's, like, two miles long. And the intersection's crazy. And I'm trying to go left into the building. And the person literally just from the left, like, the complex. Mm -hmm pulls into the middle of the actual road and just because they're pissed that they're not getting a chance to go into chick-fil-a so they decided to block traffic for everybody because they wanted to turn (laughs) i need my chicken i need my chicken (gasps) so i'm irritated about that we go to the stop sign and this lady that doesn't have a stop is stopping and i'm just like i guess i'll just go if you're just gonna sit there so then i try to go at the same time the other lady has the same thing as me (gasps) and so then i'm like had to throw my hands up which i guess i wasn't my turn so I don't know why I did that but I was just well because she wasn't going so you're like what am I supposed to do sit here and wait until you're ready mm-hmm. and somebody cut me at coffee also oh, I was no. just having a bad oh. driving day yep. and I was just like I wasn't in a hurry so I'm just like dude obviously these people have more important things to do like I'm, I'm just chilling yeah the hospital's so down then- the street I better see you go in there dude right <laughs> never I have never been able to say that yeah <laughs> ever it's the it's cutting in line, like breaking the fucking rules, like in a situation where the like it's like a by honor or whatever the honor system uh-huh. mm-hmm. <gasps> makes me Drives irate, irrationally mm-hmm. irate. Me too. I usually get mad nice at this person, time, but I was like, eh, whatever. So then one more car pulls out in front of me because it's Target and it's busy. So I've had three, like, almost accidents in the last, like, three seconds. And I was like, you need to move. (laughs) And in the backseat, the peanut gallery, William's like, yeah, lady, you need to move. You're so dumb. (laughs) Never heard him say that word before. Never called anybody else that before. And I was just like, what did you say? He's like, I say that lady's dumb. She's so annoying. She needs to move. She's so annoying. That's the right word. <laughs> yep. And you're like, oh, that's my stomach sinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you're starting daycare in two weeks. I'm glad we learned this before you go. <laughs> glad I could cover the basics. You. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. So funny story. I I ha- also have a driving story. <laughs> so. We, I go up, I know I'm a stinky smoker, whatever. I don't care. Um, so we go up to the reservation. To Listen, buy, yeah, there is nothing wrong with it because you do not throw your cigarette butts out of the car window. Fuck. So. Absolutely not. Mm. In fact, I just fucking called 911 today to report a fucking brush fire on the side of the goddamn freeway. So God, those happen a lot up there. So it's so fucking bad. Well, it's so yeah. fucking dry. Like mm-hmm. so dry that it, even people pulling off, like, their cars, like, there's something wrong with their car and pulling off, like, will set the fucking grass on fire. So there's, yep, like, signs crazy. everywhere that's, like, don't park on the grass. It's horrible. Um, but we, I, I go up to the reservation to buy cigarettes because they're way cheaper. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. So we go up there and they have, it's really obviously popular because it's, like, really expensive. Cigarettes are very expensive in Washington because we have mm-hmm. a lot of taxes. So... <clears throat> There's, they have like two lines, right? And they, it's a great setup. It's like a drive-through thing. They've got two windows, but they have two lines because people back up 
so far. And they have like, when it's really busy, they have like flaggers who flag you into the waiting parking lot. Like it's insane. (laughs) It's like (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Yeah, exactly. It's like Chick-fil-A. But usually they're real quick and it's like no big deal. They have two lines and you're supposed to merge into one to, to go around and go through the drive-thru. And it's on our system, you know, you're supposed to just kind of like one by one or whatever. Well, I pull in and the line, I see the, the line closest to the road as I'm pulling in has like a bunch of cars. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go in the other one. So I'm not hanging out of the thing. Right. There's no one in the second line. And I'm like, fuck. And so, you know, I, I pull all the way up, you know, so there's room behind me and I just wait. And I wait for all the cars to go. And these cars are looking at me funny. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then, like, a guy pulled up uh, behind me. Like, there was two more cars that had been there before me um, on the right-hand side. And so I waited for them to go. And the guy behind me is kind of, like, giving me a stink eye or whatever. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I will not. I was not trying to cut in line. I was just getting out of the fucking road. And I will wait my happy ass right here. Until all you people that were here before me get to go because, like, I would be so livid if somebody else didn't, like, cut me off. Like, I hate the people that wait to the last minute until the the things, the lane is ending to get over. Ooh, makes me so mad. (laughs) I know you're not supposed to, but I'm one of those people that I'm like, sorry, or I'll only let one person in. Because I'm just like, listen, I can't sit here all day because you decided you wanted to not be cool I'm the same way I have a one person if you if you're up and you're like going the right speed and you're merging yeah absolutely I'm not gonna let five yep. people merge in front of me but I will let one one of you go and then I'll go and then yeah. you can go behind me <laughs> like, <laughs> there is a fucking order to this it's a social contract god damn it dude it's true <laughs> I cut somebody at coffee once and because I, I just didn't realize it we were both going to the same place and I ended up they were in front of me in traffic, but I took a, a quicker route to get into line. And I felt bad. I bought their coffee because <laughs> nice. I have the free, like, whatever. And I was like, I was like, I swear I did not mean to do that. I was not trying. Like, please mm-hmm. tell them I said, sorry, here's their coffee is on me. Like, I felt so bad because, you know, you just uh, don't do that. You're yeah. a really nice person. I would have never done that. It's like the shopping cart thing. I would have waved at them like, sorry. And that would, that would have been enough for me. Dude, listen, this is a fucking downworlder dish PSA. If you're one of those motherfuckers that doesn't put your goddamn cart in the cart return, you are going to hell. Okay. (laughs) Plain and simple. Jake's going to be waiting down there for you. And he's going to be chomping (laughs) on your toes for the rest of eternity. So fuck you. Your um your punishment is going to be a sh- shopping cart wrangler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's you know 100 degrees but also pouring rain. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the carts all have that janky wheel on the front. Right. Yes. Right. Every single chicken, one of them. Chicken, chicken. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they Can't won't just easily crash into each other. There's something wrong with each one of them. Yep. That's I love great. It. Oh, all right, you guys. We don't have any um, reviews. And <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge, dun, dun. <laughs> I wasn't. It was just kind of buying time. <laughs> Listen, fuck Mary Kill was getting a little bit boring. So 
not it's not going away okay i'm just i'm spicing it up this week all right okay we're gonna play flatmate bestie hide a body okay so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you three characters and you have to decide which of them you would want to be your flatmate because they're you know because london flatmate yeah it's cute okay whatever roommate okay (laughs) best who who you would want to be your bestie and then who you would want to help you hide a body oh okay so your choices are simon will and henry (sighs) (laughs) this is gonna be really hard for amanda (laughs) I don't get to kill him. You get rid of fuck, Mary kill when there's Simon. (laughs) (laughs) You've already killed him at least twice. Okay, fine. (laughs) Did you have it, Robin? I think so. Okay, go do it. I think my flatmate would be Simon because we have similar interests. My bestie would be Henry. And Will would need to help me hide a body. Because okay. I feel like he's the most capable of doing it. That's Henry fair. would fuck that up. For sure. He would find a way to bamboozle that, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, mine's going to have to be totally different. So I think I would have Simon help me hide a body. Right, because you don't want any other relationship with him. Then we're done after this okay we don't have to talk anymore we don't speak of this yep we that's that's exactly how murder goes right we shouldn't have anything to do with each other (laughs) fuck i knew you'd find a way (laughs) and um i also feel like he can keep a secret so he can pretty decent yeah and um i think i would be besties with henry and i would be flatmates with will I don't know if I I love Henry, but I think I'd get a little annoyed with him sometimes. So I'd like him yep. to go home mm-hmm. at the end of the night. <laughs> yep. So unfortunately, no, I I don't want. Here's my problem. Logically, I know Will would be a better person to hide a body with, um, but I don't want to live with Simon. Um, <laughs> I would much rather Preach. live with Will because, <laughs> you know, um, Will reads books and that's quiet and Simon plays video games and I don't like that. <laughs> it's fair. So, um, I would be flatmates with Will. I, uh, I would be besties with Henry and Simon would help me hide a body. Yep. Yep. I like it. That's good. That's I like this. I like it. I dig it. All right. What do you guys say? We cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. After a brief battle with pants, Tessa and Sophie are on their way to the training room to find Jim hanging out in the rafters, waiting to greet the gaggle of gals. Soon after the Lightwoods arrive to take over and introduce the new staff, we meet Bridget, a wily redheaded Irish cook, and Cyril, who's a spitting image of his late brother our beloved thomas gabriel tells jim that they that the new servants are all trained up 
And like a good high school sports movie, Jim has to be like, prove it. Bring it on. Bring the action. (laughs) Cyril and Gabriel spar, clearly to the shadow hunter, when Bridget sneaks up from behind and takes Gabriel down. Will enters just in time to sprinkle in some lighthearted Herondale fuckery, and their training session begins. Later at dinner, Charlotte announces that her sleuthing has paid off and Jim's lead on Morty's past was on target. The only issue is that they'll have to ask for help from a crotchety old dude that's mortal enemies with her father, which is bound to be delightful. Tessa gets hung up on one of Will's quotable quotes and heads to the library to check her sources when she's caught red-handed by Mr. Herondale himself. The pair exchange their typical bookish hate flirting that ends in nothing but sexual tension for all involved, readers included. (laughs) I like it. Super I like true. it a lot. All right, folks. So uh, hold on to your seats because Charlotte Branwell is post. She's yeah. motherfucking Aloysius Starkweather to hell and back so thoroughly that she runs out of insults and will always the gentleman offers her a thesaurus. What a fucking prick. No, seriously, this little shit has his muddy ass boots on the furniture, you know, like an asshole. I'd be so mad. Dude, who does that? A dog. (laughs) Seriously. It's just because, like, you have to sit there again someday, too, obviously. It sounds very comfy. Like, I was reading it, and I was like, oh, man, he's next to the fire. He's all cozy in the chair. And then I keep reading it. I'm like, mud? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because Sophie's going to have to clean that exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. He's not going to have to deal with the consequences because some, someone will clean it up after him. Dickhole. Right? But Char- <laughs> Toddler. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Seriously. Toddler. But Charlotte is too exhausted from rage cursing the octogenarian to muster the energy required to reprimand Will for his douchery. Jem tries to lighten the mood, wondering aloud what kind of deviant behavior an almost 90-year-old man could really manage. But but this just launches into a sidebar when Will suggests that old-timers at the Devil Tavern are super into debauchery and the like. And the idea that Will's associates... Ugh. The idea that Will associates with such individuals is, of course, no surprise to anyone. <laughs> so Henry is not okay with his wife in such an uproar, and he starts, like, fussing and doting on her, doing the typical husband, like, trying to fix it. Like, what can I do? Can I just make you stop being emotional? <laughs> right? <laughs> How can we suppress this? Yes, exactly. (laughs) What am I going to do? Give me a job. The problem is I don't want to tell you what to do. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Dude, I had. Okay, quick. So we're already into sidebars, but I have to tell you this story very quickly. Kristen was there, so she knows. When I had Audrey, I had like an old timey nurse. Like she was like. In her 60s, you'd say, right? She had a fucking, like, a gray perm. She was a blue hair. Yeah. Oh, boy. I had one of those, too, with Lincoln. After. Postpartum. Anyway. Okay. She was in the delivery room, and she was with me when I was in labor. And so she just gave Omar, like, you need to just make sure that she has, like, a cool towel. Basically, here's a job to do. Get out of the way. I'm going to distract you like a child. (laughs) You just make sure that towel's cold you just get you make sure that towel keeps getting cold water 
just like oh my god i wish someone would have given me a towel with cold water when i was in labor <laughs> it was i mean it, it felt great of course that's so funny but it was just it was just like looking obviously i was like 23 but like looking back on it now and it was like she totally gave him a job mm-hmm. yep <laughs> like a husband job that's great <laughs> oh yeah but there there were some issues do you remember Oh, yeah, I had to have Kristen. It was like that TikTok I sent you guys. Which one? Where it was you like, it was sisters. <laughs> I know. Don't stop. Yeah, no, I like them. <laughs> it was the sisters where it was like, basically the two intimidated sisters. And it was like, talk to me. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Talk yeah. back. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. We had words. We had to, we had to set something straight. That's great. <laughs> good to have someone like that on your side <laughs> that was my job that was and robin like preemptively tasked me with that job she was she like sat me down before like listen <laughs> i am not gonna stand up for myself you have to do it for me <laughs> yep <laughs> that's great here's a list of things i want please help me make it happen that's literally <laughs> exactly I what it was want to do yeah yeah Yep. Scared to death of an exercise ball, and they're like forcing me on it. It's gonna pop, yeah. and I'm gonna be paralyzed. I'm too fat for an exercise ball. <laughs> okay, let's acknowledge that that's ridiculous, Robin. Okay, maybe yep. for you. No, but <laughs> no. We're not moving on with the podcast until Robin acknowledges that that's a ridiculous <laughs> thought. <laughs> So we can move past it. (laughs) (laughs) I should make a book called A Thousand Ways to Die. (laughs) Yes. Dude, I'll 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 help you out. I I think about it all the time and they get more creative every every day. But it's never like it's never like a like. Well, sometimes I'm always afraid I'm going to trip over the open dishwasher and break my neck. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Take a different route. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's when I'm doing dishes and like putting them in the dishwasher. I, I have this irrational fear that something's going to happen and I'm going to like, you know, go You're crazy. Be distracted. Yeah. And just fall <laughs> over backwards and break my neck. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But they get weird. Like if I'm in public, they get super weird. <laughs> Because I think everyone is trying to kill me. Like, like there's a yeah. hit out for me. 100%. I am so good looking. Everyone wants to attack me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me that they want. Everyone. Listen, I am not. Listen, I'm, not, I'm laughing because I feel the same way. Because I'm like, I'm like, everyone's trying to either kill me or rape me. Like 100% yeah. every time I'm outside. Which is super yeah. sad, but it's reality. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay. That shit got weird. Okay. So, um, so Henry's trying to fix shit. Wow. That was a far side part. That's where we went. <laughs> Y'all watch too much Law and Order, man. <laughs> so, um. Henry is trying to uh, fix it. And I, I've. I have a little excerpt that I wanted to read you. Quote, 
you could he wants to know what he can do to fix it and charlotte's response is beautiful so quote you could ride up to yorkshire and chop that old goat's head off charlotte sounded mutinous wouldn't that make things rather awkward with the clave asked henry (laughs) they're not generally very receptive about you know beheadings and things (laughs) i love them i love them together but i am charlotte because that's that's exactly a conversation Mm -hmm. my husband and i would have because i'm the one that's like burn it (laughs) like (laughs) he's like yeah that's problematic i'm like yeah yeah Yeah. whatever (laughs) but my first my, my first reaction like i would be horrible if i was like in the medieval times like, if I had any fucking power, I would be a nightmare. Because <laughs> it would, my my initial instincts are all wrong. <laughs> they're, they're very kill or be killed. <laughs> I usually calm down after a minute or two. I get really mad and yeah. then I'm like, man, that was bad. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, but if I had a if I had a whole army that like as soon as I said it would go to it, yeah, that would be that would be bad, and no one to challenge yeah. me. Yeah, I'd probably think that that was a good thing. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, <laughs> why was Charlotte so pissed? I'm glad you asked. Aloysius is refusing to see her or Henry and citing like this blood feud that he had with her father, which has nothing to fucking do with Charlotte or Henry. Move on. What are you? Nine? Right. No, you're 89. (laughs) Grow up. So apparently Charlotte's dad did something to piss off Starkweather and that grudge is still holding strong, even though the guy's been dead for a hot minute. Like Charlotte's been, uh, What's the word? Leader of the pack. You want to say captain of the institute, but and then I want head to say headmaster. Institute. Yeah, Char- that's Char- better. Charlotte's been head of the institute for like what five years at least. It's so crazy because she's so young. Yeah, since she was eighteen. So her dad's been dead for at least five years. Like, get over it, dude. <sighs> Fucking dude. Like, is it? Aren't after like eighty? Aren't you just supposed to like stop caring about shit like that? I would think so. Right. I hope so. I feel like by 80, I'm like, all the people that I hate are dead anyways. Why do (laughs) I care? I outlived them. (laughs) Right. Ha ha. There's the joke. I outlived your dad. What do you need? Right. (laughs) So here's the cheese me. Charlotte's daddy-o was super into like the law and he was like in love with it. Like he wanted to marry it. But uh, Starkweather <laughs> has always played a little fast and loose with rules. So the whole family feud situation tracks like that makes sense. So Starkweather is kind of a mm, not morally gray person. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I assume he thinks Charlotte's the same <clears throat> as her dad. Right. Right. Like so a stick in the sense. mud. Okay. But we know Charlotte doesn't mind bending the rules when she needs to. Yeah. She's okay with it. But the real tea is that Aloysius is a bit of a pariah in the clave. Uh, the general opinion is that he's too damn old to run an institute or be of any use for that matter, since they don't even invite him to council meetings anymore, um, which is something he was like, Charlotte, you should have invited me. And she was like, that's not even my job. Like, what the fuck? 
You right. know how this works. You've been around. Like, because him and Charlotte are actually peers. Uh-huh. Because well, they're both heads um, of institutes. Well, so later in this chapter, they say, um, Jim says, did you bring it up? No, I don't think yeah. I did. It's fine. Because this is good. Okay. It was in my side. They're supposed chapter. to report to her. So right. she, technically, he's a subordinate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess she's like the supervisor. But. Uh-huh. It's the like she's a general manager and they're regional assistant to the regional manager. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Aloysius is too damn stubborn to step down or just die already. <laughs> Which is like, yikes, harsh. <laughs> wow. Okay damn yeah so the consul is basically like just biting just waiting for him to die because he doesn't want to deal with firing him right because mm-hmm. obviously this guy is crotchety and doesn't have anything better to do with his life than hold a grudge so i'm sure he would just make their lives a living hell and potentially like live forever dude right because she's like yeah ever back then his dad lived a hundred and four we might have 15 more years of this asshole <laughs> back then too that's insane yeah yeah that is crazy so this brings up an interesting question about shadow hunter society we don't get to see a lot of elderly shadow hunters because like they all die young right like that's a common thing there's a lot of orphans most people die in battle all that kind of stuff um, but what about the ones that survive? Like at this point, like at what point are they shunned? Because Aloysius is really the only like super old character that we've met. We didn't meet any in TMI that were like uh-huh. really old. They were all still like they had jobs in the clave. So they were like not at an age where they weren't able to. I think the only time they brought it up was um during the attack mm-hmm. the old people and the children were together right uh-huh and they were unable to defend themselves right and so all the other like active members were in the meeting or whatever right but the, so they have to be weird, kind of like retired but we hadn't yeah, met exactly. any to know like how they're treated among society uh-huh yeah it right. seems strange to basically like robin said retire from going to the meetings and stuff, but still be allowed to run the institute that you're mm-hmm. in. It's weird. Uh-huh. What TMI is also wait hundred plus yeah, years way in, in the future. future so for sure. yeah, I just like it. It was just interesting to be like, okay, so if you don't have any family to take care of you, like, are you just kind of like, yeah, you're kind of worthless. So Do you want to go fall on a sword somewhere and like make your death honorable so you don't have to like waste our goddamn time? <laughs> you know, I wonder if that's if that's the sentiment because that was to be all to be fair, there are like ancient civilizations and stuff that were like warrior cultures kind of how the shadow hunters are a warrior cu- culture where that was kind of like expected like if you're if you get super old and there's no one to take care of you and like we're running low on food. Like, you better go jump off a cliff. <sighs> it's sad, but like that was, but it was part of their culture anyway. It wasn't like a, a like a good or a bad thing. It was just what it how they lived. Uh huh. So, you know, they couldn't go to the grocery store like us. But I wonder right. how much of that like feeling bleeds into the the rest, or if it's just kind of like. You fend for yourself and 
you know we know they have orphanages but we don't know what they do with their elderly right they don't, do they have memory cares <laughs> they just turn them into silent brothers it's <laughs> like oh we got we got nothing for you bud yeah you've been you alive get a parchment enough. robe and you get a parchment robe <laughs> officially a shadow hunter nope <gasps> no it, and that's all do that that's all speculation like like i i don't know but in this case, it feels like they are very dismissive, dismissive of him. But that might just be because he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Right. So not a very good case study. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the story. Charlotte's in a jam because Aloysius won't uh, see her or Henry. And the whole clave seems to be out to get her. So who can she trust? Well, her ragtag band of teenagers, duh. Of course. Will volunteers himself and Jem to hop on a train to Yorkshire for recon, despite the clave's potential wrath, because, like, they don't like it when underage shadow hunters go on missions and shit by themselves and do kind of wild kind and of crazy cowboy crap. Yeah. Fucked up the last one, so there's that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, li- listen, like, they kind of fucked that whole thing up, but <laughs> they have but, had successful I mean, missions. The yeah, they they expect Charlotte to do this on her just her and Henry. Like, no, all mm-hmm. she has are teenagers. Yep. Fuck you, Clave. So it's Charlotte not even mad yet, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Charlotte isn't convinced that sending two teenage boys up to deal with a crotchety old bat would even work. <laughs> until Tessa has an idea, she could use her power to snoop around in Starkweather's mind for information on Mortmain. Jem loves this idea. He's like, awesome sauce, then you'll come with us. But Will, on the other hand, does not love this idea. <laughs> He's like, uh, it was kind of a sausage fest I was planning for. Um, and now you're trying to add buns. Like, what the fuck, mate? <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't just bring her something back. Like, come on. Right. He had like this whole like dude bro trip planned and yeah, so funny. throwing a wrench in it, man. Yeah. Pair of bros before hoes. Yeah. <laughs> so they bicker a bit, but ultimately Charlotte reminds everyone that it's Tessa's call and holy shit, guys, I feel this so hard. Tessa offered to help someone out and now it's snowballing into this like adventure quest and damn it. That's not what she signed up for. Okay. <laughs> that happens to me all the time (laughs) but I'm like yeah I'll help I'm like wait no you didn't say we there was a road trip thing like what are you talking about (laughs) there's a whole train involved I'll help if I can stay home (laughs) side quest what can I do from my house right (laughs) can I order you something on DoorDash (laughs) yeah yeah that's great oh I'm horrible I'm sorry but not to worry, as soon as Tessa heard King's Cross Station, she was game. I mean, what did we expect? No book nerd is going to pass up the opportunity to run into the wall between platforms 9 and 10. Let's be real. Uh, with that settled, they agree to leave in the morning, and Charlotte will be sure to send a message ahead to Aloysius so he knows to expect them. The only thing left for Henry is to fucking jinx the whole mission by being like, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Dude, do you think she's sending a bird to deliver this message? Fire message? How is it going to get there before the train? They don't have fire messages yet. Um, exactly. Okay. I have no idea. 
It's maybe by bird. Silent Brother because they've got like extra special magic. I don't fucking know. Hugo, huh. Hugan. <laughs> yeah, they've never told. Still kicking. They've never told us about the Shadowhunter Postal Service. We don't. We don't know how that works. Instead of owls, they're ravens. It's got to be someone on a horse or something, right? I don't know, but a train's faster than that. I don't know. It's hours in the train right? that they're in there. So yeah. how is she going to get a message to him? Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be mm. an owl. Or something. Plot. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> so despite her travel plans, Tessa still has to train. So she and Sophie head up to the training room, catching up on hot goss along the way. Apparently, Bridget's demeanor leaves much to be desired. <laughs> okay. She's... She's not friendly with Sophie like Agatha was. In fact, she doesn't talk much at all. Instead, she spends her time singing gruesome Irish ballads. That's got to be a boring life. Dude, for real. As if... Because at least Sophie talks to Tessa and other people. Right. Like, she she socializes. So, yeah. like... Right. You're just going to get up and do your job and then go to bed and never talk to anybody? That's horrifying. Nope. I don't like it. As if to accent Sophie's point, Bridget's voice drifts from the kitchen and she's singing some fucked up song about a girl who's leaving home and her brother just fucking stabs her in the heart. Like, that's it. That's the song. <laughs> what? So quick sidebar. If you are have only ever read these books, I highly recommend the audiobook because they actually perform the songs and it's way more disturbing when someone's singing that shit. In yep, an Irish in accent. Yeah, in an Irish accent. Yeah, like that's, it's way, like goosebumps. It's creepy. Yep. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> so Sophie is over it and she's like, let's bounce. So they, blah, 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 blah. so they t- continue to gossip and Sophie reveals that she shares a room with Bridget. And there's this whole thing where Tessa offers to talk to Charlotte and Sophie's too embarrassed and worried that she'll be seen as ungrateful to let Tessa try to help, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. So I get that in Victorian, like Victorian society was super class defined. But the shadow hunters are more egalitarian with the caveat that Sophie and the other humans are seen as like less than, right? Like, but within shadow hunters, everyone's equal. Um, right. And they do look down upon humans, but they're also mandated to protect humans so it's a weird mm-hmm. relationship that they have with yeah. humans um but th- that's like the claves attitude for all intents and purposes charlotte and the others seem to treat the staff like exceptionally well not not just for the day like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. charlotte's like there for sophie if she needs a shoulder to cry on like they're like friendly you know so why the fuck don't the girls have their own room? Cyril obviously has his own bedroom. Because he's the only right. one. So why why wouldn't the girls have their own bedroom? I just, I feel like that's not something that would just slip Charlotte's mind. Uh-huh. If she's this well, friendly and, like, they're this thoughtful of them. I don't know. It feels weird. Feels like a major Maybe her and Agatha spot. wanted to share a room. Maybe. And so then she just assumed that she'd want to share one with Bridget and she's just not thinking about it. Yeah. It I mean, seems to me like maybe they started out like Sophie and Agatha started sharing. Maybe let's say that's cause that's what they do. 
and then now that they're friends like when Bridget came it seems like Charlotte would be like you know if you want we can totally make up another room and you guys can have your own rooms now right like that's exactly like I could see like bringing Sophie in who was injured and healing and scared and didn't know and putting her in with Agatha who was more of like a maternal figure like I can understand like that just like for comfort to give her someone to Uh talk to and like as she gets used to this place but yeah Agatha's gone so you're just gonna kind of like replace her with somebody new in your space that you shared with Agatha like I feel like Charlotte has more empathy than that and would have been like do you want your own room like we can do this separate like we have the fucking space right well because Tessa made it sound like basically there's uh servants quarters for women Mm -hmm. and servants quarters for men and there's two rooms yeah and Bridget and Sophie are in one room because they're for women and Cyril's in the other one. So basically, Sophie would need to take one of the rooms that's reserved for shadow hunters that come to stay. Yeah. And Tessa doesn't think Charlotte would have a, like, she's probably just not even thinking about it, honestly. Yeah. Right. And so if she asked, she probably wouldn't care. Right. But Tessa doesn't, no, sorry. Sophie doesn't want to ask. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, and, and I get that. Like, it's probably a big blind spot because that's just the way it's always been or whatever. Uh-huh. It just feels like Charlotte, of all people, shouldn't have that blind spot. There's uh-huh. a bunch of empty rooms. No one ever fucking stays in the Institute. Like, it feels like kind of, I don't know. Well, that's like yeah. in the last chapter like when she was so shocked by Cyril. But it's like it it makes it seem like she didn't know that Thomas's right. brother was coming. Right. It, right. It it makes it it almost makes it seem like we're being told through the brief interactions that you know Charlotte and the rest very highly respect their staff and treat them, you know, as friends and all of this stuff, but in reality their behavior doesn't reflect that in the way that they conduct their business with each other. Yeah. Or like maybe for the times out- it does, and we have that huh? 21st century lens on it. Right. Also. Right. No, no, we for sure do. We for sure have the 21st century lens on it. I just feel like they come off as super progressive in terms of like uh-huh. the way that they're like, they come off more modern in, right. in that. But then they're doing all this stuff, and you're like, wait, mm. I feel like it's worth stopping to point out and be like, no, no, they're not, they're not as great as. They're actually kind of assholes a little bit because they're still not thinking about this stuff, you know? Right. Nay, nay. They could, they have more room for growth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. So the conversation is cut short when they reach the top of the stairs to the training room and they hear voices. So naturally they eavesdrop, right? Thank goodness. Yeah. Love it. Okay. And I'm going to read to you what they overhear. So here's the hot goss. There will be a moment of reckoning, Gabriel. You can depend upon it. What will matter is what will what will matter is where we stand when it comes. Gabriel replied, his voice tense. We will stand with father, of course. Where else? There was a pause, then You don't know everything about him, Gabriel. You don't know all that he's done. <clears throat> I know that we are Lightwoods and that he is our father. I know he fully expected to be named head of the Institute when Granville Fairchild died. 
Maybe the consul knows more about him than you do, and more about Charlotte Branwell. She isn't the fool you think she is. Okay. So, it's the first, like, more than one word Gideon has said. Uh Uh-huh. And we're, so we find out a little more about him. Because in Will's perspective, before Gideon went to Spain, apparently, he was an even bigger dick than fucking Gabriel. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is a this is not what at least Tessa's been told about who Gideon is. This is very different. So what do you guys what did you guys think when you read this? Like at first when you were like, wait, was were, did you expect Gideon to kind of be on Gabriel's side and like with Benedict and kind of be like that? Yeah, kind of like the ugly stepsister sort of thing, you know. Oh, we're the winners, okay. and and everything is is about us and whatever. We deserve it all. That's what I was assuming. Gotcha. With these two, right? Definitely. Yeah, I I don't know. I I was, I was like I was confused. I was like, what is going on? But I guess I mean I thought that until I read that. Yeah, yeah. And then I was uh-huh. like, oh, okay. Well, because he you was know. really going to double cross the double crosser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was really standoffish when, when we first met him last chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't really, like, we did other than the fact that Tessa noted that he was good looking. That's, like, all, <laughs> that's, that's all we got from yep. him. <laughs> so Gabriel's like, I know you are, but what am I? If Charlotte's so smart, why is she letting us come spy on her? Huh? Huh? Hmm? Tell me that. And Gideon's like, because dipshit, the consul made her. And besides, they escort us to and from the training room and the girls aren't telling us shit. So tell me, how well is this spying going? Right. <laughs> we're, we're terrible what are we at this accomplishing? <sighs> Little brother has nothing to say. Um, so instead of admitting that he was right, um, <laughs> he just lashes out, demanding to know why Gideon even bothered coming back from Spain if he hates their father so much and Gideon's answer is so fucking pure it makes me want to cry he says he came back for fucking Gabriel dude motherfucker right (sighs) fuck Gabriel I came back for fucking Gabriel for fucking you right damn I love you man (laughs) (laughs) exactly single tear (laughs) (laughs) so the silent dub bitch was overshadowed when the door just swings open by itself because of plot and tessa and sophie come stumbling inside okay disney's 1999 original movie smart house i see you i see you (laughs) apparently the mount the the house has like the automatic like the ring lock where you can unlock it yeah and it's just So Tessa stands there dumbfounded by the lightwood genetics showcased in a single stream of daylight. <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. Seriously, she waxes poetic about their hotness for like two long ass paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear something other than about Will, at least. Right. Right? <laughs> she's just hot. She's just boy crazy. She's like. Yeah. She's panting over. It's the accents. That's what's yeah, doing it. Yes. She's just an American girl that's a sucker for an accent. <laughs> She's wearing Aren't pants we now, you know, like things are looking up. Right. Her whole life is changing. She's becoming a new person. <laughs> and so Gabriel asks about Jessamine and Tessa's like, yeah, she's sick. Like, <laughs> sick. 
And Gideon calls out from across the room that Jasmine will probably be sick until they're done with their training, like, all the way. <laughs> and Sophie right. pulls a Kristen and just, like, bark laughs at his joke. <laughs> and now I would like to read this part for you because cause it tells us a little bit more about Gideon because we didn't really get much of him last chapter. So he says, quote, until these training sessions are over, I suspect, said Gideon, so dryly that Tessa was surprised when Sophie laughed. Sophie immediately composed her features again, but not before Gideon had given her a surprised, almost appreciative glance, as if he, were, as if he weren't used to having his jokes laughed at. So I wonder if, like, for me, I think Gideon seems like the kind of guy that, like, he left home and went away to Spain and like blossomed, right? Like college. And then he comes home for Thanksgiving yep. break. It's like yep. son-in-law. He comes home from, <laughs> from Thanksgiving break and he's like a totally different person. Right. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite movies. And I just found Polly Shore on TikTok today. And I was like, I love him. Dude, that whole like I love it. 1991 to 1993 era was like fucking perfect. So good. It's oh, great. <sighs> Such a good one. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah, I, it's, it does seem like he came back and he was just like, who are these fuckers? Right. Like, and what so, is, these right. people are stupid, basically. Yeah. So he's, he's been mind. back for yeah. like a little while and he's probably just been stuck in the house with these two miserable fucks. And he's like, yeah, no one laughs at my jokes because these guys are fucking lame. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at my jokes. <sighs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, okay, so they're done with training, and um, we get we go to Tessa in her like point of view. We get a little more in depth of her feelings here. So she's in bed. <laughs> Don't worry, she's not sleeping, <laughs> which is kind of the problem. She's trying to fall asleep, but isn't able to because she's thinking about the time that she farted in circle time in second grade. Wait, no, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I was taking a drink of soda when you said that. That's not cool, man. <laughs> you know, when you're falling asleep and you just think of like the dumbest yep. shit that keeps you up. That's what's happening to her, basically. Yep. I mean, hers is a little more important. But. I feel like farting during circle time is important and, and should be. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. <laughs> I remember going home and telling my grandma and she... <laughs> Tried not to laugh at me, but she did. <laughs> Dude, did you? Okay. Um, sorry, I keep my life's been TikTok because I've just been like yeah. trying to distract myself from yeah the pain of my existence. I don't know. Anyway, it was like this teacher that said basically oh. his student farted on like the second day of school. And so then he said it was him. But like, but you were on the other side of the room. And he was like. Farts echo when you eat. What did he say? It was like, it was really good though. And he's just he took the oh blame for this kid. Yeah, I saw that. Uh-huh. Super sweet. Uh, and then everyone is going to remember that for the rest of their lives, and they're going to tell the story about how their teacher farted in class. Oh. But yeah. this teacher was so nice, he didn't care. 
Yeah. And he has a red man <laughs> bun. Not. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she shook her head though. Yeah. I was like, could he play Henry? <laughs> he was nice. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, like I said, Tessa's actually thinking about more important stuff than farting in second grade. She's thinking about Mort Maine and his intentions to marry her. And she's still trying to work through, like, what he would use her for, which, I mean, I kind of feel like we should be over this mm-hmm. by now. But again, this is her awkward thoughts before bed. Like, it just, we, we've kind of figured this out already, but whatever. So she has this fear that she's a monster. And she feels like not even Gem. Like, no one completely understands what she's going through, of course, because she's obviously one in a million. We have no idea even mm-hmm. what she is all the way yet. Like, anyway, so... Mm-hmm. I also have to say that I think she's hiding yeah. it really well from everyone else because this is the only time we've heard of right. this that she's still thinking about that. She right. really seems like she's focused on finding out what's going on and helping the team. <laughs> Working towards a quest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she hears a noise. Yeah. <laughs> she hears a noise outside of her door and she gets up to investigate. And I'm just like, dude, yeah, pass. Everything that's happened in this fucking place. I'm staying underneath mm-hmm. my blankets with them pulled up mm-hmm. over my ear where I'm safe. If I'm still, they won't <laughs> murder me. But it turns out yep. to be fine. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I was afraid of vampires, so I would cover my neck while I was sleeping. <laughs> yep. That happened. Still Fair. is the most comfortable for me as a 35-year-old woman. So anyway, it turns out everything is fine, obviously, because it's just a book that was left like on her doorstep. And obviously the book um, is from Will because it's the one that he had recommended to her. And he had written like this cutesy little poem inside. But I I don't know. I didn't. Re- I'm confused now that I'm reading this. I didn't read it enough, I guess. I don't know if he put a note inside or if he wrote, he wrote in, the, in book. the book. Like an inscription. I thought. He's, right. I thought so, too. Like, that seems weird. It's that's what it felt like. It sounds said. OK, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought that's sure. what but it, it felt seems like to me. Weird. Like, you're going to, I don't well, know. Just, I think I it was know. pretty common because, anyway. like, if you're going to give someone a, a copy of a book, like, that's, like, a personal, like, I think you'll enjoy this. And so I spent money on this because commerce was not as, like, like it is now, right? It wouldn't be so yeah, simple to be, fair. like. I was thinking he borrowed it from go. the library. <clears throat> but yeah. so, like, writing an inscription of, like, who gifted it to you is, like, part of the gift, like the sentimentality okay. of it, that I makes think. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Him actually going out and getting mm-hmm. it for her is also sweeter than getting it from right. the library. So that's nice. Yeah. I didn't think that through, I guess. So um, it basically the poem that he wrote basically says, like, if you if you like the book, then you'll have more faith than me for my recommendations <laughs> basically sort of but obviously that's not what he's getting at I don't obviously, know obviously there's subtext was cute, but she... <laughs> yeah exactly right thinly veiled <laughs> she was subtext in poetry yeah, yeah okay Fuck. right <laughs> could you get more Victorian the hardest part right. of English <laughs> yeah. I still can't write a fucking haiku so ridiculous <laughs> so she's irritated that the poem made her laugh and she actually says drat will and i just think it's funny because my mom always said drats that's cute so i guess it still translates it. through um so the next day so she decides to she puts it on her nightstand and somehow this is able to help her sleep 
I guess she finally has something else to think about, even though she's trying to push Will out of her mind. I don't know. Anyway, she goes to sleep and we're on to the next day and it's the trip to York. And I keep wanting to say New York. So get over it. And um, (laughs) they're taking the train to New York. (laughs) Yep. They're going to go across an ocean in a train. It's a tunnel. The pond. (laughs) Submarine train. It's a silent brother tunnel. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to fly over cars. (laughs) So when they finally get to the train, because this train station's crazy and stuff, and it just, I don't know, um, it seems like it would be sort of refreshing to see, like, busyness like that, because she's from New York. I imagine even though it's obviously back then, it was probably busy and stuff. So I think it would be cool to see all these people hustle and bustling again for her. But anyway, they get to their compartment room thing. And Jem, of course, always the gentleman. And he helps Tessa up into this room or whatever. And Will, once they get settled, Will asks Tessa if she brought anything to read for this journey. And obviously he's hinting at this book that he left. And she plays a total boss ass Mm -hmm. bitch. And she's just like, no, I haven't found anything interesting to read lately. (laughs) Fucking... (laughs) Shot to yep, the heart. He's super bummed. So he, yeah, I think it's so funny. It was such the perfect, just especially because she really didn't even mm-hmm. read it yet. So, yeah. Right. So Will doesn't say anything, but he is clearly irritated with her. Like his jaw is set and he's frustrated. And so far on this train ride, the score is Tessa one, Will zero. <laughs> that yeah, was it burn. is. <laughs> Anyway, so Tessa quickly changes the subject by talking about how exciting the beginning of a journey is. And I agree. Even if it's just something small like this, I get excited. You know, it's this is new. And especially she's going to go see stuff she's never seen before and go places she's never been. And that's just cool. However, Will does not agree. <laughs> she's like, aren't you just excited? And he's like, no. <laughs> Lame. He's a wet blanket now. <laughs> yeah, because she screwed up his guy's weekend. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. Sausage fest. Mm-hmm. Return my affections. <laughs> Read I'm my sorry, book. Is that Simon? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's watching out the window, like her face basically up against it. And Jem is lovingly like, um, haven't you like seen the countryside before? <laughs> and no, no, she has not. She's from New York, bro. <laughs> Yeah, so she's basically her idea of the countryside is from her imagination, from what she's read and has been described to her and not to her, been described in books. And Will chimes in and says that her trip won't show her like proper mountains that you can see in Wales. And so Little Miss Full of Questions has to ask if he misses Wales. And Mr. Negative Nancy <laughs> does not. <laughs> So I'm not like, why did you even bring it up? Just to be negative? Like, why did you even have to say that if you don't care? she cannot help yep. herself but to try <laughs> to get to know Will. She's like, she's like, I want to know everything about you. Like, <laughs> Tell <yeah>. me. <laughs> she's like obsessed oh, with him. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, he continues to be negative, just like he always is. And Jem is finally like, um, you're in a mood, aren't you? <laughs> but he says, William. 
And Tessa, like, internally notices that these two, first of all, use each other's first names way too often. Mm. And second Thanks of all, she it. has learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's learned that it really means something, uh, like, it means something when they do it. Like, when your mom says your full name, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. It's just weird to say to your best right. friend. I don't know. Anyway, so Jem, um, he reminds William <laughs> that this Starkweather dude doesn't like Charlotte. So if you're going to be in a mood, like, stop, just just whatever. So Will stops him, and um, he's like, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to charm the pants off this guy. <laughs> and Tessa sure. chimes in with a great burn, and I quote, I suppose you are storing all that up, all that charm up now, Tessa inquired. Wouldn't want to waste it on any of us. <laughs> That's exactly it. Will sounded pleased. So, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> anyway, Will then points out that Starkweather can't stand Charlotte's father, not Charlotte herself. And Jem's like, yeah, but we don't, like, he didn't even want anyone that's even associated with a fair child to come. That's why Charlotte didn't send Henry. Mm-hmm. Will's like, bro. <laughs> right. There is another reason that she didn't want to send Henry, and we all know it. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. (laughs) He royally screws things up, basically. But... Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So Will's like, I do understand, though, that um, the trust that our little Charlie has in us, and I'll behave myself. Like, she's trusting us. I'll be good. Um, like I certainly don't want Benny and the ugly dicks running around the Institute. Mm -hmm. So we don't want that to happen. I'm trying my hardest. And of course, Tessa has to chime in that Gideon and Gabriel are quite good looking. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) And Will is like, uh, I was talking about their souls being dark and ugly. (laughs) So of course, Tessa has to ask Will what color he thinks his soul Mm -hmm. would be. And he says mauve. Which is so random. Of course he does. <laughs> right. Because it's disarming and color. charming. Gross. <laughs> it's calming. <laughs> anyway, so Jem is catching on to this flirting happening like right before his eyes. So he quickly changes the subject. He's <laughs> over it. <laughs> He's like, I don't like this. So he mentions, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what's happening here. I need to shut this shit down. <laughs> So he mentions that they need to have a plan about who Tessa is since Charlotte was super vague when she explained who was coming for the visit. She, I think she just gave them, gave the Starkweather dude their names and that was it. Which right. is honestly, I mean, I know he's trying to distract these two, but it's a good idea. You need a plan. <laughs> so they can't say that Tessa's a shadow hunter because she has no marks. And since, but since she's a warlock, they can really say anything. And they can say that she's a Mundy. So they go through some ideas of who Tessa should pretend to be when Jem finally suggests that she could be um, pretend to be his fiance and that she's working towards her ascension. He explains what ascension is to Tessa and about the mortal cup and everything. And she decides that it's not a bad idea since she's been reading the codex. And Jem explains that it would make sense also because that she came with them because she would want to visit like all the institutes. <sighs> Right. And of course, this prompts more okay, questions. Okay, hold on. Listen. We are fully getting a fake fiancé trope. And you know what that means. 
means according to the plot gods, they have to get together now. Okay. It has to happen. It has to happen. You can't do a fake fiance without them really getting together. They all, they have to. So when Jem couldn't sleep the night before, it's in the guy. Do you think this was his plan. He was coming <laughs> For up with. For sure, he knows. <laughs> he yeah. reads too. Yeah, he's yeah, so dumb. Not just Will. He knows, but he's more of a romantic, so I'm sure he knows what's up. For sure. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I understand, like, the questions are how we as readers get our information, but it seems like there's always one person in each of these series that is the person that's asking questions all the time. The designated <laughs> question asker? Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like on, like we've talked about before, like mm-hmm. on Teen Mom, when your friend comes over to basically right. interview you about your day, this is what it is. So yep. anyway, she asks about how many institutes there are in Britain. And um, I have to point out that I feel like they listed like five of them. And I just feel like that's a lot because it's so small. Mm-hmm. Seems interesting that there would be that many shadow hunters that they would need them all that close together. Anyway, um, she then asks about Gideon Lightwood going to Madrid and... Um, like, basically, why was he there sort of thing. And Jem explains that once shadow hunters turn 18, they're encouraged to travel and experience other shadow hunters' culture, which is also maybe why he was he came back, like, realizing his family are a bunch of dicks. Mm-hmm. They're dick bags. He got a little bit of culture. Yep. He was like, oh, shit, you yep. suck. <laughs> uh, so... Um, he uh, he also Jem also believes that since Gideon was only gone for a few months before Benny called him back, that he must fully believe that he is going to be able to get the institute. Like Charlotte's going to fail. I need to bring my kid back and get ready. So maybe he really does right. think that the boys would be able to get some cheese made. Dude, to have the confidence of an old yeah. white man, dude, I'd be unstoppable. <laughs> Seriously. Like, what's that movie with Chris Rock where he turns into an old white dude? And then he is, like, an old, rich, rich white dude. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a really funny. It's a stupid, funny movie. <gasps> I like it. Anyway. So then Tessa asks about where the New York Institute is located. And Will's like, bitch, I don't know. We don't have all the addresses <laughs> memorized. Like, leave me alone with your questions. <laughs> <laughs> so Jem gives him a look and he's like dude what's up with you like is everything okay clearly there's something wrong fuck <laughs> being snappy yep. okay in a dramatic flare Will takes his hat off and stares at Tessa and Jim Tessa of course has to note that he is looking quote beautiful as always but that there was something else something that made him look gray he looked exhausted like his <laughs> was gone probably because you just like stomped on his heart with yeah. the book thing and, and stuff. you're gonna like, be Jem's fiance like come on well it's like redundant. why can't you be my Stop. fiance anyway <laughs> yeah why didn't i come up with a plan <laughs> will of course answers Jem's question by saying that he had too much to drink the night before and for a brief moment tessa thinks about calling him out on his lies because in reality like everyone here knows the truth 
But a look over at Jim stops her. She could tell that Jim was soups worried about his pair of bow tie. And Jim decides to play along with Will's farce and says that it's too bad that there isn't a rune of sobriety. (laughs) And Will brushes it off and pulls the conversation back to the task at hand, telling Jim that his plan sounds great. All they're missing is a ring. Right. Oh, but young Mr. Carstairs had been planning the subterfuge before they departed, and it just so happens he brought the Carstairs ring along with him. A silver ring with crenellations. Those are battle towers, if you had to Google it like I did, of a castle. I didn't know what those were. I never Googled it, though. I just didn't care. I had. I had to know. I I imagined it being what okay. it was. Gotcha. So it's just I that's I what I imagined it, it looking like. Dude, for some reason, do they look alike? The okay, words. I don't know. <laughs> Dude is for fucking real. like suave, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. He did have this Jim. plan. He was staying up mm. the night before oh, yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> yep. So he puts the ring in the palm of his hand and just kind of like hands it out to Tessa. And she took it and slipped it onto mm. her finger, noting how it felt like magic. Okay. Like, if... Sorry. No. Go. Say it. I was just going to say, if it doesn't fit, <laughs> you must acquit. So whatever you were going to say is more important than that. No. Oh, my God. This episode is getting so dark. <laughs> so my it. question is, do you think, like, she's getting this surge of a bunch of memories from all the people that have worn this ring? Because obviously this is a very meaningful piece to his family. She she probably could, yeah. but I don't think she's channeling yeah, her fair. power. Okay. She has to turn it on. I mean, I wouldn't have thought of doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like as soon as I get alone, I'd be like, I got to turn into him. I gotta go pee. Bye. Right. <laughs> right. Be right back. I gotta find out everything I know. I need so, to know. <laughs> Dude. And if you don't know now, you know. Okay. I love this next bit because I feel like this is something that I would 100% do slash think of. So Tessa takes the ring, but she doesn't really know what to say. Like every fiber of her being is telling her to say thank you. It's lovely. But it's not actually a gift or a proposal. The main difference is um, Tess is able to stop herself from spouting the words out of her mouth. And uh-huh. I most definitely uh-huh. would not be able to. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Instead, Tessa notes how like she's like, well, Charlotte doesn't wear a ring. So I just assume that Shadowhunters didn't. So Will tells her that it's customary to give your betrothed your family ring when you become engaged. But the actual wedding is an exchange of runes, one on the arm and one over the heart. And Jen chimes, Jim, sorry, I said Jen. Jim chimes in with some quotes saying, set me a seal upon thine heart as a seal upon thine arm for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as a grave. Song of Solomon. Tessa, as I am, honestly, is a little hung up on the jealousy <laughs> bit. It's like, this is, that's uh-huh. fucking weird. My wedding vows did not say that. And will not to be upstage by Jim has to finish the rest of, of the quote. He's got to do gotta it. He's got to flex. He reads too. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he proceeds with saying that he always thought that females found the idea of jealousy romantic. You know, like two dudes fighting over you and everything. No. Like, I thought you ladies like that. Tessa ignores his fucking anti-woman <laughs> comments. 
and changes the subject to how she's impressed by their bow staff <laughs> skills, their nunchuck skills, and their Bible coding <laughs> skills. Great. And I feel like we kind of went over this in the previous chapter. Like, they have good memories. Okay, like, get over it. Can we stop Seriously. talking about it? Come on. Every chapter, we don't need to bring it up. Whatever. However, this time, we're using the shock and awe as a device to bring up their schooling. The kids are tutored at the Institute, a job which lies on Charlotte, who has been pretty preoccupied lately, so the lessons have taken a bit of a brief intermission, but all of that ends at the stroke of midnight when they turn 18, which, lucky for them, is, like, right around the corner. And I giggled at this next bit, so I have to touch on it. Tessa asks who's older, and both of them answer at the same time that Jem's older, but Will quickly points out that it's only by two months, which... Jim, of course, is like, no, you're going to say that. No, no. <laughs> nerds. Reminds me of like, are you guys sisters? Yes. Yes, yes we're twins. Yep. Jesus. We're twins. So Tessa asks if their friendship and the ability to finish each other's sandwiches is what being a pair <laughs> of chai is all about. Because there's nothing really in it, like in the codex about it. Tell me all about your life. And Will tells her that it's hard to explain. Like, you kind of just have to, like, experience it, you know? And Tessa's like, oh, okay. Just wanted to check to make sure that you don't have some kind of permanent Vulcan mind meld situation going on here. She seriously thinks they can read minds. I mean, she's seen a lot of crazy shit. Which, as I, say, I guess she's seen the mm-hmm. Silent Brothers. But, and I... They, I put that um, the boys kind of like, you no. It's like the magic thing. But they actually say horrors, no. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. Horrors. horrors, no. Bring it back. And Tessa basically tells them that if um, there aren't any super cool perks involved, what's the point of even having a pair of bow tie? Aren't you all supposed to, like, guard each other anyway? Jem, thankfully, is the one taking the reins. Telling her that the connection is deeper than that. As a side note, I'm fairly certain we yeah. might have covered this during TMI. But I'll give it a quick once over again because it's like when you leave the house and you're pretty uh, sure that you want to your hair straightener, <laughs> but you can't be 100%. So you got to drive back and check. Yep. So the idea of being Parabatai came from an old tale of Jonathan and David. Quote, and it came to pass that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. They, end quote. And so Jem takes over. They were two warriors and their souls were in. Knit. Right? And tangled. Yep. I, I put E night. K N I G H T. I wrote this at four o'clock in the morning. Okay, their souls were knit together by heaven, and out of that, Jonathan Shadowhunter took the idea of Parabatai and encoded it, um, like the ceremony into law. And then we touch on the fact that anyone can pick their own Parabatai. A man can be Parabatai with a man, a woman can be with a woman, or a man can be with a woman. The only stipulation is that they have to be chosen and the ceremony completed before the. Pair turn 18. so weird to me. Yep. So deciding to take on a pair of time means more than just a ceremony. It's a vow. You have to stand before the council and swear to lay down your life for your pair of time. To go where they go. To be buried where they are. 
So basically, if an arrow was heading toward Will, Jim would have to jump in front of it, and Will would have to do the same for him. So I just imagine them just hitting each other and falling like off the side. Like that frog game where you whatever. jump over your friend or whatever. And then it saves them both. Yes, because frog. they just bounce off of each other. That's right. So I cracked my head open on a fireplace. Oh, just playing oh my God. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> so basically... Will would do the same thing for Jim. So he may try to act like he doesn't care, but Will does not break oaths or the law. Like It's all talk. And Tessa's like, yeah, 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 I get that. Very touching. But, like, you haven't explained what the tactical advantage is, so you really didn't answer my <laughs> like, question. What's the fucking point? It's Remember, just a more best questions. friend. Right. Like, it's a best friend rune. <laughs> are you B-Fry or are you street end? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about heart well you have a best friend necklace oh. one, and it, you you each gotcha. have a half yep. so, so, so jim continues to tell her that like not a lot of shadow hunters choose to have a pair of tie, but the ones that do can draw on the strength of their partner in battle and the runes that they place on you are more effective. On top of that, there are some runes that only they can access because they can draw off the double power. And Tessa's like, oh, whoa, oh, cool. Riddle me this. What happens if, let's say, your parabotite ends up being a total bummer? Can you, like, pack <laughs> it up, pack it in? <laughs> and Will is super offended that Tessa's being such a curious cat. Like, why are you asking so many questions, woman? But Jim has no problem answering her. She's like, you know what? For the sake of this faux engagement, I'll answer them. It's definitely not because I'm into <laughs> your fine-ass crinoline. <laughs> and he explains that if a shadow hunter were to turn into a downworlder, a la Luke, or a mundane, then the binding would be cut. Or if one of them were to die, awkward, the bound would be severed. However, you can only have one pair of a try and you cannot choose someone else. One and done. So Tessa's like, okay, kind of like a Catholic church wedding and pointing out how Henry I was. Just Wait. kidding. No, no. Henry the Eighth. You gotta, you gotta tell the story. We were playing a game drinking and my wonderful. mom was trying to read it and she was so confused. Oh, she could we not were figure laughing, it out. Because it was a trivia game. We were laughing uh -huh. so fucking yeah. hard. Like Henry the First, but she was reading his eye. Yeah. Henry, I was. No, okay, really, was no. Aw, this was hilarious. We were so drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were all drunk. It was Great. fine. Yeah. Anyway, basically, Henry the Eighth created an entire religion to get out of his marriage vows. And Will takes a comment with his normal Herondale charm with a cute tell down the twins part. But Tim, Jim totally brings the mood down saying, well, Will won't need to create a new religion just to be rid of me. Fuck. He'll be free soon enough. Like, wow. That's what he wants. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Read the room, Carstairs. This guy is like starring in his own emo music video <laughs> looking out at the train window while it's yeah. drizzling on it. Okay. You do not need to bring the mood down anymore. He's listening to Dashboard Confessional and putting like snake bite piercings <laughs> as we speak. Snake bite piercings. It's been a long time. 
It's happening. Dude, I bet okay? he's got the lips for it, too. <laughs> I wanted that to be me. It didn't happen, okay? So, <laughs> Tessa tells Jim, she's like, don't say things like that. Stop it. Don't. No. No. <laughs> hey, watch it. We could still find a cure. Like, there's no need to abandon hope. But Jim tells her he hasn't given up hope. They just might be pining for different things. Hmm. Interesting. Time speeds forward and the train finally arrives in York. Stark contrast to London Station, King's Cross. The trio are greeted by a weathered old man who I can only picture as the (laughs) butler in Scary Movie. Probably because I was watching Shit's Creek, yep. thanks to Kristen yeah. texting me about it the other day. <laughs> this is my strong hand. Public service announcement here. I know this is not even remotely how he's described. I just want yeah. you to be on this journey with rolling. me anyway. Okay? Yep. So, Old Man River is just literally <laughs> barking out, Nephilim! <laughs> Nephilim! And of course, Will has to be a smart ass quoting some other fucking thing. Like, stop with the, I guess I was like, stop with the quotes. But I mean, while I'm at work one day a week, it's basically Talladega Nights right. and yeah. Anchorman right. all day long. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Grandma's boy. We were doing that last week. That's That was what we chose to do as our stage <laughs> performance. So I get it. <laughs> So Will just decides to be a smart ass and Jim cuts the bullshit and he tells I keep wanting to read it as Gothel and that is a not correct Gotchel. I don't know what this guy's name is. Gotchel, that's what we're doing. Like we're the shadow hunters from the London Institute that Charlotte wrote about and uh, this is my like fiance and she's here because like she wants to see your castle. (laughs) She wants I'm to see your castle. Gotcha. <laughs> right. This is a room where the magic happens. But it is actually like a seance room because it's right. downward. Right. right. Yeah. It's a sanctuary. <laughs> so, so this gotcha dude's like, hmm. Titty, 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 tut, tut, tut. I'm a little weary about this whole, like, my master's reaction. He's going to be shy of surprise with this Monday girl. <laughs> like, then he says there isn't a man alive that hates surprises more than Aloysius Starkweather. Like, he hates so, fun. Tessa's <laughs> right. He sounds like a real downer. <laughs> He's so old, he might actually right. have a heart attack. <laughs> Worried about what's going to happen here. So Tessa's stomach starts to take a nosedive because she's not used to this espionage and general fuckery that is sure to ensue. She's used to being someone else when she's lying and not her own self. So, like, shit's going to get real. Uh, Oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. Actions. Actions chapter. No, it it was definitely. There was a lot going on because we had to we had to move Uh plot this chapter we had to we had to get them on a journey what a <laughs> right yeah what a fitting thing it was like right. Tolkien <laughs> yeah boring an unexpected oh, journey long journey that was so long I like the movies that's one of the ones where I like oh, the movies I better yeah than I, 
the prose is dense. It's dense. <laughs> That's like when you read Game of Thrones. He spends so much time explaining what they're eating. Interesting. Literally, like three paragraphs about like and peas and and a carrots, and the table was laden with plump peasants. Peasants. <laughs> I meant <laughs> cannibal electric with a nice some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> Robin's delirious over there. <laughs> you gotta go to bed, man. <laughs> we gotta wrap it up. <laughs> okay, okay, you guys. I can say this last part and then I'm okay. <laughs> she tried she tried to end scene herself and then she lost it <laughs> okay okay make sure that you read chapter five shades of the past for next week's episode for behind the scenes content and the latest updates check us out on instagram at down world or dish podcast we'll see you next time bye bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>